week on the Pop Confidential Podcast. We are talking all about Comic-Con, teasing more, because we will be talking about Comic-Con for a while. We're going to be talking about the drama between Kim Ye and Taylor Swift, Queen Sugar, Justice League, Wonder Woman, all of that and more. So keep it popping. It's popping. This summer has been wild, wild, wild in terms of pop culture. We've been a- I'm going through Game of Thrones withdrawals. I know. We have been away for a while, but we are back. Jillian Bo, how's it going? It's going good. Let's dive right in. So, Jillian, when we last had a Pop Confidential podcast, we were talking about how your beloved... Um, Lord, I forgot her name. What's her name, Jillian? The one who's marrying into the Kardashians? Oh, my queen, Angela Kardashian, a.k.a. Black China, yes. Yes, well, Black China was the was the heat for the spring, basically, um, in terms of her relationship with Rob. But Kim Kardashian, in true Kardashian fashion, has basically done a Britney Spears, all eyes on me in the center of the ring. <laughs> She flipped it on Taylor Swift by Snapchatting a video of Taylor talking to Kanye and basically being admitting that she was flattered about the lines in Famous, where she had previously called it misogynistic and did her usual, oh my God, I'm so surprised by this. So Kim launched a... Taylor Swift, what did they call it? The Taylor Swift is done party? or I don't even remember. Twitter was too happy. So that was a week or so ago. Now we come up. <laughs> this is the best soap opera going. So Taylor's latest expo, Calvin Harris, uh, there are pictures of him chilling with Kim Kardashian at J-Lo's birthday party. What uh-huh. do we make? Because uh, I know you're not a Kardashian fan, but it's like, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan either, so. So, yeah, so was this like the presidential election for a lot of people for you? It's like, who do I root for? Like, you know, for this, for that moment in time, I was like, Kim, I got you with that because it's so, and Kim and her mama, they are some crafty hoes. We always talk about good hoes and bad hoes. They are crafty hoes because that Snapchat dropped right after the episode aired where Kim was discussing this because this all came about with the GQ magazine. She did an article. She did. It was like this month's GQ or last month where she discussed it and she just ripped into Taylor. She was like, I was there. She told my husband she was fine with it. She was flattered. Da, 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 da. So in true Taylor fashion, Taylor tried to shade her. She had her people release a statement and was like, we never had this conversation. I don't know where Kim is getting this from. Just totally ripped into Kim. So the episode airs and Kim is like just really pissed off at what Taylor's doing. And she's like, you know, they always make Kanye look like the bad guy when he wasn't. She was like, he called Taylor up to ask for permission. And Kim made a point. She said, what rapper you know calls someone up to make permission to to get permission to rap about you in a song? And I'm like, true. So she was like, I I have it on video. So of course, Big Mo Chloe was like, she want to release the video. And Kim was like, no, don't release it. So 
I thought Kim and the posse were just going to do a little bit of it to make you doubt Taylor because you didn't hear the audio. You didn't see any blurred images or nothing. You just see their reaction to watching it. So I'm like, she just did a little bit to have to create reasonable doubt. So I see people on Twitter after that thing dropped because Kim's mama is such a punk. Chris was like, you know, I like Taylor. I like her people. I like her mom. Maybe you guys should sit down over lunch or dinner and talk about this. So Kim was like, thank you for your advice, but I'm not taking it. And the way she said it, I was like, she planning something. Then all of a sudden, I see 20 minutes people are Taylor. 20 minutes later, people are like, "Oh my God, Kim done dropped the bomb on on Snapchat." So I'm like, "Oh fuck!" So I go and add Kim on Snapchat, and I see it, and she just lets the video play, and I'm like, "She like Kim was like, I'm like Kim, like Kim got talked space, like a brother or sister talked Kim out of play space, and Kim came." Red they taught her how to do a lot. I saw the Red yes. Day video. <laughs> okay. You know, Kim just dropped it and she left. It, it was like a mic drop because people were like, you know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, people have been trying to tell you that this saccharine sweet image that Taylor Swift produces and projects is straight bullshit. You know, Calvin Harris tried to drop knowledge on it. You know, Katy Perry's been trying to drop dimes on it. Um... Demi Lovato's been trying to tell people, you know, they were listing off the names. They was like, all these people are trying to tell you Taylor is not the person that you think she is. And then she released this, you know, statement about the quote, that bitch line. So I'm like, let me get this straight. You have a problem with him calling you that bitch, but you ain't got no problem with him just rapping about fucking you in a rap song. I'm like, uh-uh, I'd rather you call me that bitch because you ain't gonna lie on my tonton. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what it reminded me of? Cruel Intentions. You know, the climax of Cruel Intentions when Annette Hargrove, Reese Witherspoon, publishes Sebastian Valmont's journal. Yeah. And everybody finds out that Sarah Michelle Gellar is a coke snorting stepbrother screwing whoremonger monster and i am just rolling because when nashville when they first talked about the abc soon to be cmt primetime soap nashville when they first you know when it first came out the log line it was supposed to be that it was going to be what if reba mcintyre went head to head against taylor swift and when the show premiered, and I'm like, well, Juliet Barnes is a mess. And, you know, Taylor Swift is supposed to be, you know, this little butter wouldn't melt in my mouth, you know. But now I'm like, oh, so the people who created Nashville must have always known that Taylor Swift wasn't Yeah, so... and stop with the country action. She's from Philly. Cut it out. Well, she talks with one, too, you know. She definitely no, she... played that. Oh, she does? I don't well, hear it in her. She used to. Now, yeah, it's gone away since she's gone pop but oh yeah she used to get up there every year and pretend when she would you know win those awards <laughs> it's me. yeah um i have never been a fan of taylor swift i've always all songwriters write about their love lives that is their stock and trade but i've always just found it really gross how her machine her pr machine manages to throw every guy she's ever been with under the bus and not do the Carly Simon 
oh, I'm going to wait 30 years to let you know who I was talking about and you're so vain. It's like every time Taylor launches one of her Torch songs, you know, oh, this is Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, this is one of those little One Direction boys. Oh, this is one of the J-Bros. I mean, she just made her career off of... Yeah. You destroyed my life. I was and so innocent. You know and what? you tried to soil me with your penis. And you know what annoyed me with her, too? I did not know this. She wrote some, like, I guess um one of the Jonas Brothers that she was dating left her for some actress. She wrote a song about the actress and talked about the own, like, she talked about how much of a slut she was. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. You, you're slut shaming someone, but you talk about empowering women. So that annoys me with her. And you know what? It just also annoys me that Kim... No, Kimberly Noel Kardashian West, with all of her shits and giggles and her shadiness, is the one to expose her. So that's the part that makes me mad. Well, I'm like, you know, it's, 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 you know it, it's high time everybody stops um, treating, saying that the Kardashians are just reality stars and blah, blah, blah. Because, yeah, they totally, I will never say otherwise, they totally did not achieve fame the traditional way. But it's a, you know, they are the masters of the new day. I mean, yeah, you know, even Mariah Carey was talking recently about pop stars even. You know, she's like, they don't have to do like I had to do. They don't have to go around singing in dive bars. And, you know, and that and I see how that offends the old guard. Because it's like, but just like Mariah is offended by the Ariana Grandes or the people who make it on YouTube, Whitney Houston was offended by people like her that she thought didn't have to work as hard. So it's always, you know, and now we are at that social media has made it that you can really do nothing else, but have a big Snapchat or Instagram following and become a huge star. And Kim, well, Paris Hilton started it and then Kim perfected it. But now, especially now that they're marrying into like rap royalty and sports royalty, they really are, it's kind of like, you know, in The Great Gatsby, where, you know, Gatsby never could be considered part of the Blue Blood Society because he was, you know, he made his money bootlegging and, you know, doing illicit stuff. But, and even like with the Kennedys in real life, where the kid Joe Kennedy, it really pissed him off that, you know, the wasps never let the Catholics in, no matter how much money he made, it was just still like, there's a stain on you because you weren't, you know, I see that with the Kardashians, but now I'm like, those people are like, we have solidified ourselves in popular culture. And oh, now, and Kim, Kim was just on Forbes or something for her yeah. app. So you I know, I, and I'm now they can that. take down, now she has proven she can take down a traditional pop star. Luke, I know you don't really follow that world, but I know you have, are, I'm trying to remember, do you like Taylor Swift or no? Hell I do no. not like, I do not like Taylor Swift, though I do admit that I did like her 1989 album. I don't like her as a person because I think it's all fake, but there are songs of hers that definitely so did you like, get in my ear and I can't get rid of them. Did you well, like taking her That down. I can't shake it off well, if you want to put it that way. Well, oh, go yeah. ahead, Julie. We want to know, okay, all that put aside, did you like Kim taking her down or not? I didn't even pay attention to Kim. We have a story right here with the Kardashians versus Taylor that have two people, both of which 
I have no interest okay, in Well, I will say this. I am so happy that she finally messed with somebody my mother likes. Because my mother... <laughs> my mother likes Taylor Swift? My mom is that... You know, she would... Look, during those years, my mother was raising a teenage daughter, my little sister. So be, parents love the Taylor Swifts of the world. Because you can you don't have to worry about your kid. You know, if she's got the Taylor Swift in the little earbuds... You know, you want her, you want your daughter listening to Taylor Swift instead of Nicki Minaj. So, you know, my mom was like, I like that little Taylor Swift because she don't be singing nasty songs. And I'm like, those are the ones you got to watch because those are the ones doing the nastiest the stuff. quiet ones. Yeah. But she was like, I like her. She's wholesome and she's good and clean music and blah, blah, blah. But my mother has a crush on that Calvin Harris. So the first thing when we talked, she was like, well, I'm mad at Taylor anyway because I don't like how she did Calvin Harris. So I'm like, thank you, Taylor, for finally screwing over one of it's my like the year. It's like the year of Taylor to get, it's like the summer for Taylor to get burned because it's happening back to back to back that she's being revealed to be, And know. Calvin is like the first one of the guys to not just eat crap quietly to borrow from Julia Roberts line and there's something to talk about. Most of the guys just go whatever man and just let Taylor do her damage and and go on and just look like the cat. Calvin is like you're not gonna destroy me. I know about me girl yeah. Yeah. And he is partying with Kim at J-Lo's birthday party. He is like no you are not going to get away with soiling my reputation like you've done all these other guys. So I am riveted by this little saga, and I hope to keep following it. Yeah. In other pop star news, um, WikiLeaks has published tons of emails from the Democratic National Convention. And while most of the world are worried about what this means for Bernie... Not the convention, the DNC. Uh, you know, well, the DNC, the... Um, Democratic National Committee. 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 Okay. So the convention isn't taking right, place until next, next week. week. But they have, yeah. So from basically, while the rest of the world is worried about what this means for Bernie Sanders and his endorsement for Hillary, we at Pop Confidential are going to talk about what really matters, and that's the fact that it revealed that Ariana Grande cannot perform at the convention because of Donut Gate. Y'all remember when she got yeah. caught on video? You know. Licking and touching and <laughs> putting donuts down on drawers or whatever she was doing. No, stop it. She was licking <laughs> donuts and putting. I don't. Them I don't get what the problem is. I mean, Trump went and did, has posed and been in Playboy. What's the problem with licking donuts? We all lick donuts from time uh, to time. No, there's we, sugar on them. Playboy. He didn't pose for Playboy. He was interviewed and posed in front of one of the Playboy like oh, things well, for an interview. In Trump's defense, I mean, P- Playboy is also a. I mean, the Playboy interview is taught oh, yeah. in journalism school. I mean, yeah. that's you know, it is a reputable magazine that just showed boobies. I mean, so I don't really find that. I mean, Bill Clinton has done both of them. No, but what I'm saying is the moral authority when you when you with Playboy versus. I think well because that little girl was shown in a very negative light with that, right? I mean, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, Trump is never going to. I'm hygienic. I don't give. Forget all that. That ain't hygienic. That heifer licked them donuts and put it back. I don't know where she or her mouth been. I'm just gonna put it out there like that's. I'll give you that. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was more. And let's just be real. 
Trump didn't have it's slim pickings for the RNC for their convention. Trump had you know <laughs> out of work soap stars. The you know the Democrats can get you know they can vet. They have options. So I guess it was like nope, you're bad to donuts. We like donuts. <laughs> and, and to be fair, to be not to be fair, but you know when you look at the optics, as you say, I bet you they thought about her, but. They didn't want to be ridiculed because of Donut Gate, so they just said, "They probably think, oh my God, who cares about the donuts?" But I don't even know who's speaking, but I can tell you who should be speaking. Uh, Grace from Will and Grace. Oh yeah. Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing has kept me more informed about (laughs) Hillary Clinton than Huffington Post. She needs to give Deborah Messing the ambassadorship to Sri Lanka because Deborah Messing stay riding for Hillary. I thought she was going to swoop her up in a ponytail and roll up on Susan Sarandon because (laughs) Susan Sarandon was cutting for Bernie. And I mean, they really, it was like the Battle of the Redheads. Game of Thrones had Battle of the Bastards. Because Susan was getting a little outlandish saying some stuff. So, you know, Deborah oh, was, right. was right there with the locker up, or, you know, the crowd. I don't, I don't understand how you can go from being someone who supports Bernie to be, being someone who supports Trump, as some of the celebrities have. And I just what, don't get that's, it. Yeah, that's, that's, just, I don't, that's just yeah. being petty, because if it's really about the what you believe, you know, politically in terms of the... Uh, the what am I trying to say here? The issues. Then yeah, if you're going from Bernie to Trump, you are just being petty. I see how a lot of people are going from Bernie to Jill Stein or Jill Klein or whoever she is. Jill. I think it's Stein. Yeah, and I can see how a lot of you know a lot of my Republican friends, and we will not be going too deep into politics, but a lot of my Republican friends are going for the Gary Johnson guy, the liber- libertarian candidate. Yeah. Um, I you know. I don't know. I mean, the thing of it is, we've never had a third party, or it's been a long, long time. You know, there have been parties before with the Whigs and all that. Well, the last time, no, the last time it happened was a Clinton election, remember? I mean, Perot basically made it so that Clinton won and beat Bush. I mean, in terms of having a major impact. There hasn't been a third party winner. Yeah, Perot was something else. You know, he's from Texas. Um, so anyway, he's still living. He's still with us. I don't know, but Perot, Perot um, you know, taught me a valuable rule: always keep fifty-one percent of your business. Okay, nobody taking in a hostile takeover. Anyway, he came and gave a speech at my high school, so I remember that. For the record, you have fifty percent. I know, but you don't know what kind of <laughs> schemes and plans I have. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm just kidding. So. Let's talk about something that Luke will care more about than Taylor Swift and Kim Ye, and that is Comic-Con. Now, we're not going to go too in-depth because our Sarah Babel is right now knee-deep in pencil protectors. is going to be Comic-Con spectacular. Listen, Jamie, I saw you on Twitter. You were wanting to go to Comic-Con because uh, Damian Holbrook... Davian Holbrook from TV Guide started a hashtag about hot guys from Comic-Con, and all of a sudden, Jamie wanted to get himself to con. Sarah is in a sea of pocket protectors. Because I am not going to let you disparage (laughs) this the way you have on countless occasions before. Look, yes, Davian Holbrook of TV Guide, I even wrote him. I said, you know what? You are really... 
making me rethink this whole Comic Con thing because it was like some strapping dude with a red beard. I'm like, he was at, big bicep. I'm like, he was at Comic Con. I'm like, no inhaler, no. And and no, and it's and it, you've been checking that hashtag more than yes, once. I have. Yes, I have. Yes, uh-huh. Comic Con has become one of the hottest events oh, of know. summer. I'm so. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So yes, Luke. What? did you think you were so lord have mercy we talked about it till i was blue in the face and i'm black so you know that that means there were some problems with my blood my blood wasn't flowing right so you had the sugar i had the sugar <laughs> no i don't speak that you know black folks we sneeze and we get the sugar don't talk about the sugar well no oh, you're oh, the i didn't no. even know what the sugar was oh, until yeah, you told you me you had to say it don't give me the sugar, Lord. The sugar will make them. You ain't watch soul food. Now. I'm not gonna let them take off my leg. Listen, I couldn't even get brown sugar. Wait, no, queen sugar, Bo- right? Jillian Bo. So today, Luke and I were talking about what we were gonna talk about on the podcast, and he was like, "Well, there's that new show coming out, Brown Sugar, or something." I, I, I to said, my credit, I did say or something. I said queen sugar. Oh, yeah. I said, you just thought black people and sugar, brown sugar. Well, I knew it was some well, sort of sugar. Right. It was either powdered sugar, white sugar, or brown now, sugar. Well, brown, yeah, sugar the movie. brown sugar, the movie. But this, well, he was talking about queen sugar. Anyway, yeah. so before we talk about queen sugar, let's talk about Comic Con. Luke, uh, now back to my segue. We talked about this till I was blue in the face, but you did not like Superman, Batman versus Superman. You said the only good part of it was Wonder Woman. We've now seen the full Wonder Woman movie trailer. I'm so happy that they're still using that theme music that they introduced because that is some jamming music. What did you think of the Wonder Woman trailer? I really enjoyed it. And it the, every almost every single aspect. I love the fact that it's period. I love the fact that there's action. I like Chris Pine's role. When it ends with her going... Well, in my country, that's slavery was a great quip to end it. I thought the action scenes were good, but the whole thing, the whole thing left me wondering why this didn't come out. Why was this not the introduction to the new DC universe? Because in my mind, if we had had this movie come first and then Batman Superman, where they show the the past of it and like and they flash back and they're, they leave fans wondering how she survived all this time. This would have been a great way to segue in. And the other thing about it is, is if they'd let Wonder Woman go first, it would have given them more time to fix Batman versus Luke. Superman, which w- had started out as a Superman movie and was bad. So they now, added Batman in and it improved. I some. am shocked that because you are such a comic book nerd that you would even have to ask that question. It has taken Wonder Woman. No, I understand since why. Since 1941, have... there have been no Wonder Woman movies except for cartoons because I there has that. been this belief that a woman couldn't sell a superhero movie. So you know the and thinking. I, no, I I know the un- I understand right, but it, you, but in my but you at, let me let me re- give you a rebuttal. You said you can't understand why they didn't do that first. If they were the going in a modern... in Hollywood are never going to use a woman, a film with a woman, unless it's Melissa Carthy, McCarthy farting and making knock-knock jokes. They're never going to think, first, let's let the woman go first. They're always going to think, well, we'll introduce her with the guys because that's just, that's been, that's why there have been so many derailed 
I understand that. But at the same time, this, I was talking with one of our longtime listeners, uh, Dr. Mo on Twitter and about it. And it was like, I know exactly what you're saying because the suits are going to look at Catwoman. They're going to look at Elektra, both of which did not do well. We're not very good quality, but for the DC cinematic universe, which is this huge universe that is going to rely on the JLA in my mind, I understand why they did it intellectually, but creatively, Wonder Woman, just from the trailer, is a superior film. You're a based- real woulda, coulda, shoulda person. I can, I feel for your future romantic partners because you gonna spend a lot of time. Your arguments are gonna be, we should have bought the summer share. In- Listen. Listen, Jamie, you're already practically my business husband. Well, you already know how well, it's going to work. Yeah, you're going to have somebody screaming all the time. Shut up! Why are we talking about the past? It already happened. Who gives a shit? Yeah, your spouse will be just like me. Who cares about the past? It happened this way. So let's talk about the present. My question is, since Wonder Woman actually debuted in World War II, I kind of wonder why this is a World War I movie. Um, but, you know, that that's not a big thing to me. But she was, I mean, she came to fight Hitler when she was created. She, you know, she fought Hitler. So I kind of wonder why they took it backwards. I love that Chris Pine is in this and, you know... I, I, you know, who knows if, if he'll be in other movies since this is a period piece. But the Steve Trevor character, uh, Wonder Woman fans know this, he is essentially her Lois Lane. He's her, you know, he crash lands on Paradise Island. Um, Paradise and the, Island? Well, they they modernized it and called it Themyscira or something like that after, you know. But yeah, originally it was just like Paradise Island and she rescued him because, you know. There's her... the Bahamas. <laughs> I know. They're, uh-huh. they're in Greece. But, you know, yeah. the Amazons were going to kill him because, you know, they, they didn't deal with men. But, you know, the, she saves his life and then she... Um, I wonder how much of the backstory they're going to do because my favorite episodes of the old Challenge of the Super Friends cartoon from the early 80s was when we saw how Wonder Woman, um, and it's a classic tale of how her mama was like, you know, they were doing this contest to see who would be the the ambassador to the, the world of men. And her mama, Queen Hippolyta, who fashioned her out of clay and prayed to the gods, and then she became, you know, the clay baby became um, Wonder Woman. Now, another story has it that she's Zeus's child. It seems like the movie is kind of doing a hybrid of that, because in the trailer, Steve asks her, you've never seen a man? What about your father? And she said, I had no father. Zeus brought me to life. So I'm like, okay, it's kind of like they're merging, because I prefer the clay story, because that was just the shit. This woman is like, I'm going to make some baby out of clay and be like, Uma Zuma Zuma, oh Lord Jesus, you know, <laughs> Zeus and Hera, y'all bring her to life. And boom, she is a baby. But, you know, Queen Hippolyta didn't want her daughter. You know, it would be like, you know, Prince William. You know, I don't really want Prince, uh, even though even though the British princes do fight in the military, you know they are super protected when they are fighting. But Hippolyta was like, uh-uh, you ain't going to be fighting. You is the princess. You go sit your little ass over there and be quiet. So Wonder Woman put on a disguise, and then she went out there and beat out them other women's asses. She kicked their asses, and Hippolyta was like, you are the most powerful of the Amazons. You win. And then Wonder Woman took off that mask. Hey, mama. Oh, no, not my baby. But anyway, 
so. That's the Jamie Ghetto version of Wonder Woman. I am so lost. <laughs> I am like. So she gets to escort Steve back to the world of men, and then she becomes Wonder Woman, and you know. Her suit is on point again, you know, in the in the Batman and Superman movie, her suit was a little too dark, like everything about everything DC post um the Batman movies. <laughs> but I guess they got it. Luke, they got it. They're like, we're gonna make her outfit cute again. <laughs> we are gonna make these movies fun. What did you think of the Justice League trailer? I am optimistic. Oh Lord. Um <laughs> I'm I'm optimistic. It looks like they might have realized the mistakes they made from Batman versus Superman with the humor by adding in more humor and trying to make the characters a little bit more fun, which there was nothing of that in Batman versus Superman. But for me, it's because I've seen Grant Gustin on the flash on the CW for so long. And because I really do feel he deserved to be it in the film it's I'm having a hard time accepting the other actor in the role. So I'm like reserving judgment on the film until I actually see it. He looked interesting in the trailer, but I'm reserving judgment. This is another thing that I, okay. So this is another thing that is not new. I remember this with Smallville. Sometimes I do wonder what comic book fans, is it just like, is it just like fun to be long suffering? Because you knew that they weren't going to make, the guy from the, the five people watch the CW. They're trying to go for a global audience with movie stars. I remember the same thing with Smallville. All the Smallville fans wanted that guy who last year auditioned for The Young and the Restless. No shade against him, but that's where his career is now. But every Smallville fan oh, wanted him. Wilding or whatever, dude. Wheel- Tom Welling. Everybody yeah, wanted whatever. him to be. And everybody knew that they weren't going to do that. So, again, I, you know, I like The Flash, the few episodes that I've seen. But, obviously, DC has a very separate... Well, they've compartmentalized they it. A... But the thing about that... But the thing, the, the difference between... I, my argument against of Smallville versus The Flash is back when Smallville was on, we did not have all the streaming services that we do today. Netflix was not in hundreds of countries across the world where people can watch many of the episodes that we're watching here, we're in a different cultural environment. We have people where these celebrities are on social media, they have big followings already, and he's already known from Netflix and other streaming platforms around the world. So I get what you're saying about Smallville, but in today's environment, I think that considering Grant Gustin was also on Glee and had a following there, he was on, he has his own show. He had his own, he had his own show here. It's not, it's, what happened to films well, Luke, take, I mean, I get, I well, no, let me just finish yeah. this one point. I get, I totally understand that there can be anchors on films with big name stars that such as Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem, but in a cast that big, could you not have one person who's already well-regarded from a TV show, give them the leg up to get them into film? The Why not? Now, okay. And now according to the trades, you know, because we're going to get Superman on Supergirl next season. So there has been some relaxing. Which that's going to be fun. Yeah, there's been some relaxing in the DC. So, though, we'll see if we ever get Batman. Because when they did Birds of Prey, they refused to right. allow Batman and that's the on. thing. That we, you know this. There have, from for the last 40, 50 years, there have been, there's been a clear line between the television properties and the movie properties. And I guess you're, you know, 
you're wanting it to be like X Files the movie or Sex in the City the movie. Here, where here's the thing. Well, wait. Like, here's the, okay. Go ahead. You're basically saying that it should that the people who are in the CW shows or you know that they're the ones who should get to do the movies. When you have a Sex in the City or an X Files where you have 10 million people watching, I totally could get that. I can see these- 10 million people tuned in for the season, the the series premiere of. The Flash. Right, but did they maintain that throughout the season? It's still, I believe it's still its high. It's rated. I don't know what the current ratings are, but finish well, your point, I'm and then just, I have to look, look, for once, it's me looking like an executive instead of you. But I'm just like, I can see the trepidation in trying to launch, because, yes, the Justice League movie is, you know, an ensemble, but there is going to be a Flash movie series, too. And, you know, you're not the only but one who feels this way, because... Well, no, but I and I just want to respond, though, because there is one point that is a little bit different for the Flash character, and that is this. Unlike pretty much all the other characters, not, not all, but nearly all, the Flash is specifically primed to be able to... to to be able to do both a TV universe and a movie universe because he, because he jumps between time and he jumps between worlds and his, his whole character is one where he'll go between worlds and he causes worlds to crash in on each other. So it would make total sense that if you have a popular character, we've already seen him jump to one world on television. Why couldn't he jump to another world? Why couldn't he have jumped to another world in film? Now I'm going to look, we're Siskel and Ebert today, but I'm going to give you the rebuttal of that you know and i'm actually i break sometime we're gonna have to just do a you and i on a and podcast Jill, and how it goes. At least we talked about wait, wait wait now you know what i feel like when i have to listen to kanye and taylor okay. swift but okay here's my rebuttal on that and i am gonna break my rule because i usually don't want to talk about our i want to keep our two podcasts separate the rules up as we go there along Listen, after uh, 10 years of podcasting, to be able to use that on Jamie nah, feels yeah. I am going to invoke our Daytime Confidential audience and say, I totally get, you know, on General Hospital, uh, back in the day, after Port Charles, the spinoff wrapped, a lot of fans wanted the characters of Lucy Coe and Kevin... Collins to return. They, Scotty Baldwin, yeah. yeah. Well, Scotty did. He did bring Scott back, but he didn't bring Lucy and Kevin back. And <clears throat> recent, you know, in, in the last two to three years, they've been brought back by another regime. But when I asked and you know dug around to find out, I heard that Bob Guza felt that the Port Charles storylines got so convoluted and. Because they, you know, it was a serial killer show, then it was a supernatural show, then Lucy was fighting vampires. Then Bob Guza said, I don't want to touch that. You know, I knew the Lucy that I had, which was a glamorous, goofy cosmetics executive, but I don't want to deal with her having been a vampire slayer and all that stuff. So that's why he was just like, no. So you're now talking about, you know, that's on soap opera. And also, I'm going to go back. And for the record, that did come back up on General Hospital. Yes, because they found a writer who was who embraced all of that. Guza was like, I don't have time for that shit. Well, that's the Ron that's part of the problem. Like, Zack Snyder should not be in charge Ron of the best. Like, Ron Justice Carlevati League. was like, I think it's fun to try to merge her into all of that. But yeah. Guza was like, uh, I don't have time for that. But I'm going to go to another example. Dallas and Knott's Landing. Um Ooh, Dallas perfect. and Knott's Landing shared storylines. They shared a universe for their first, you know, five or six seasons. Then Dallas killed off Bobby on Knott's Landing. 
Valine and Gary mourned Bobby, and Valine was so moved by his death, she named her baby after Bobby. And then Dallas brought Bobby back from the grave. Knox Landing said, "Uh uh-uh. We don't have time for that. Bobby's staying dead over here. We are not doing this dream season stuff. So now that is no. Wait, 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 wait! I haven't finished my point, Luke. That was just to to, to show you to set up my point. That was the setup. Yes, my point is now it was that complicated for Knotts Landing to deal with Dallas's storytelling and for Port Charles to deal with General Hospital storytelling. Comic book movies notoriously have different directors. You know, one director will do one or two of them and then he'll say, I'm not doing the next one. The screenwriters, these things can be written by five or six people before it's, before it finally hits. You know, someone will do the first draft and someone will do a polished and someone will do... You are trying to ask screenwriters and directors of films, and let's be real, there is still a snobbery in Hollywood. Film directors and film, you know, true film people, yes, I will say in this modern day, there is more crossover than ever before. Lee Daniels does The Butler. He also does Empire. You know, but if you're a true big-budget comic book film person who's made it, who says you want to be trying to keep up with five seasons of the Flash storyline to make it well, to make it seem you know so just so that you feel response, good about Grant Gustin getting the part? No, my response to that would be D, the D, the well the Marvel universe they have someone who is in charge of the Marvel universe who has an overview of both the television and film worlds and the continuity, which is something that Warner Brothers lacked for a very long time. They now have that at Warner Brothers, and that person has been instrumental in trying to get the Wonder Woman and, and the Justice love, League, yeah. the Justice League films back on track. So that now that Warner Brothers has that person, that person in place, I think that it that is something. Well, that I know that you adore Marvel, and I, I'm a Marvel fan. Actually, too. I, no, actually, I'm a DC person. It's but just that like DC the has never movies. put out a good movie. But okay. The DC hasn't put out good movies but recently. But your point is that Marvel's had someone checking that. I will say this right now. The only Marvel franchise that I follow is X. Jessica Jones. Is no. X well, I like Jessica Jones, the TV show, and I have no But that but but that that is in continuity. But wait, X-Men. X-Men, the movie series. And, if you And X-Men is not in in that, like, that person is not in charge not of X-Men. X-Men. Okay, well, a, you know, but he's making a good point, though, because I was going to be like, okay. No, because X-Men is owned by Fox, and that they don't have, Marvel does not have the right the movie rights to X-Men at all. Okay, well, because I was going to say, they totally change shit up from movie to movie. It's like, this whole... Yeah, like, that's, that's the problem with, like, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men movies. Those are separate, like Spider-Man was for the longest time, and finally um, Marvel cut a deal with um, Sony to get Spider-Man back, which is why we had him in the film. X-Men is off in its own world at Fox, as is the Fantastic Four, and there was a person well, who was in see, charge you of Marvel Comics. To me because there I... was a person who was in charge of Marvel Comics who doesn't even want to produce Fantastic Four comics because it would basically give them more creative material for the movies and they want to get the franchise back. Well, see, That's that how was hard. always the same thing that DC has said about Batman. They want to save the good stuff for the movies. I, you know, I have no I like Grant Gustin, you know, but to me Grant Gustin I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to say this. Grant Gustin screams the CW slash the WB. Now, of course, we have seen many 
I would I would point out that his 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 jump to Supergirl on CBS helped it get some of its uh, best. No, it, uh, w- well, Supergirl, which is not which is not just a CW. Well, well, Justin well, Hartley, you know, Justin Hartley was the Green Lantern, and they went with somebody else. Green Arrow, or whatever. Green Arrow. Yeah, Green they Arrow. went. And, but the thing of it is, Grant Gustin seems like he was cast to do what. Bring that the, the audience have always on. done, which is bring in dreamy-eyed little girls and gay yeah. girls. But those comic book movies are wanting to bring straight guys in. And you know. the other the other thing about the GLA trailer, just to bring it back to it, is if you remember in the film, they had him with like a ponytail and all this other stuff and made him look like a hippie, and now all of a sudden he's clean cut. But it's like, Luke, what's going to be the explanation no, for that, Luke? You. I, I can't believe I'm having to explain that to you. In the movie, he jumped through time. He jumped from the present. I'm I'm talking about the video clip. I know he jumped, but yeah, he he jumped. I'm not talking. Time. I'm not talking about his appearance, but I'm saying like the video clip. Well, maybe, yeah, the video, maybe in the video clip it was from that time. Like this is an origin story. They're go, you know, he's. It showed Batman meeting him. It's like. Maybe he got a haircut. I mean, it could be something just as simple as that. Superheroes do get haircuts. I mean, that's not going to take a lot of continuity. Why would, you know, Batman, dialogue. Why was your hair long in the video and it's short now? No, but what I am saying, what I am saying is the, the, (laughs) if you're, if you're, because if you're going to introduce a character and make it provide a first impression, which is always the most important thing, if you're going okay, to give a first least... impression of what a character should be, why wouldn't you want it to be in the same continuity in the he film a... as it is a... in the trailer? He got a haircut in the movie. The... He looked like a hippie in the movie. He looks clean cut and oh. like almost like he a preppy boy in a the new haircut. one. It is not. Some, I mean, my God of glory! These are billion-dollar franchises. Jamie, as you well know, oh hair God. and hair and looks is very he important on this more, podcast. I guarantee what they they took a note because the reaction from most people was that doesn't look like the Flash. So now exactly, they're gonna, well, they're correcting stuff, and you're like, well. I'm not happy about that because he had long hair in the tra- Well, they're making him look more like the Flash now. Listen, I'm entitled to my righteous indigestion. Well, then it should be about the fact that Aquaman, which our entire childhood was blonde and blue. Well, but but that's one case where it's like they ex- but they explained that from the beginning that they were going to use an alternate version of him. Okay, so if they're going to use an alternate... Let me get this straight. Aquaman looking absolutely nothing like he's ever looked in the comics. Not looking anything like the blonde, blue-eyed Aquaman that we would think he would be. Bothers you not at all. But the Flash... Listen, as the person who is the Aquaman fan, and he's one of my favorite characters, when I read the analysis of or the explanation as to why they were going with a South Pacific version of Aquaman versus a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aquaman, I was like, okay, I understand this. They gave us the explanation at the beginning so, of it before it ever launched, and it was a logical so that, explanation. So I was like, okay, I'm willing to go along for this. 
But when you have Flash, which there's a couple of things involved. First, I like the TV actor. I think that with that character, you could have him play in both the movies and the film because it is the Flash. Second, the bad first impression in the film. And then third, you have this character that is all of a sudden now looking clean cut and preppy versus a hippie. The Flash, I mean, Aquaman looks definitely his attire. You, his attire in the video was entire was totally hippie. It wasn't just his hair. He got a haircut. Aquaman looks nothing like Aquaman, but the Flash thing is bothering you. Just admit yes, that it is. It you is. want the little teen bop, teeny bopper. No, I think that Grant Gustin, if you've wa- you I've watched the every Jared episode, version I, of no, the Flash. no, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I have watched every episode of the Flash, and I have watched every episode of the of Arrow. I, I would have, wait, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me, let me finish. I would have, I would have, I would have, let me finish. I would have no, I, I would not want, I would, let me rephrase this. I would have no problem with them casting someone else in the role of Green Arrow in the Justice League, like, because he is a, a member of the Justice League in various points. I would have no, I would have no point. Are no problem with them casting someone else, but I think in the case of the Flash, because it's your highest-rated star, the continuity of things that that character allows, they could have done. It. Okay, well, you know who agrees with you—the guy who plays Arrow, because I do remember he had a hissy fit <laughs> on Twitter when they cast someone else. Uh, what is his name? The Arrow, Luke. What? You're asking. I have not even. You no, know, I need you to know it because you just told me. I have not taken the time to learn his name because I don't care about the character because it's not who I wanted. I just want to, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And when it comes time to write a review, I'll learn his name. Stephen Amell. Stephen oh, Amell. yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the new Flash. No, Sorry. New, yeah, Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, like you, yeah. had a hissy fit that his homeboy Grant Gustin didn't get the part. But Grant can join quite a club, like Jillian mentioned. Justin Hartley didn't get to play Arrow, even though he originated the role on Smallville. Tom Welling never got to fly on the big screen, and neither did Dean Kane. So it is what it is. They still make it way no, more. But they did bring they did bring Dean Kane over to Supergirl. Yeah, they let him. You know, and maybe that's the thing. Grant Gustin, when he gets old, will get to do a cameo too. Linda Carter is gonna play <laughs> the president. The president. Look, yep. you'll remember you eventually. But until did Adam Dean West Kane play on Supergirl, didn't he play her? Pardon? Her father, yeah. her adopted well, father. Uh, Adam West told me to tell you. No, I, no, actually, I think Adam West did get to play Batman on the big screen. They did some kind of cheesy Batman movie. But Adam West told me to tell you they ain't even checking for him. Is he still alive? I don't want to be rude. I think yeah, he, he is. Yeah. He is. He's 87. So let's just bring him back as Batman. Can we talk about something else? Yes, we can. Um, <laughs> there. So, yeah. If you want to listen to more about Comic-Con, Luke will be having a special fun new podcast coming up soon. That's just a teaser. Vampire Diaries. The news came out at Comic-Con that Vampire Diaries is wrapping after eight seasons. And surprise, surprise, Kevin Williamson is returning to write the end. Boy, that Kevin Williamson is a, he is a negligent parent. He did the same mess on Dawson's Creek. He's like, he gets caught up on child support is what he does. Yeah, he's like, I create you and then I'm going to drop you off with your mama and I'm going to be gone but then I'm going to come back. (laughs) 
interact. At graduation. It's like he's, I, when I saw Kevin Williamson is returning, I'm like, mm, well, at least Elena is already gone, so there won't be any Elena. Who, well, we don't, well, we don't know. Well, I mean, what I say this before, I'll bet you that she comes right, back. Right, like, because um, they were like, you know, uh, what that, whatever her name is, it's like, you know, if she can. Nina Dobrev. Yeah, she can do it. If she can do it, she'll come back. And what this was the worst Caprice. I don't look. I don't, I don't think she's doing she, anything. No, she's doing movies. She's doing movies. Oh, she? uh, yeah. So <laughs> this was the worst kept secret because um, a, few, a couple months ago, Ian Summerhalder said the eighth season was going to be their last. You know what's going to happen? I can already tell y'all. It's going to be a flip because with Dawson's Creek, you know, Joey ended up with Pacey, even though she started off as Dawson's true love. I guarantee, because even though Elena and Stefan were true loves, fans ended up loving her more with his Damn brother. It. I think he's going to, see, that's going to be, if he puts her with Damon, it would be Pacey and Joey all over again. Because, you know, that's people still, I debate that on Twitter every six months. I think he's going to put her with Stefan. Because that'll be the flip. That depends. Um, that depends on how they do it, though. With Bonnie, Bon, they that would do a big disservice to Bonnie. Who is Bonnie? Why? With, who Bonnie with now? Nobody. Why would she? Well, oh no. Car- I sorry. I said Bonnie. I meant Caroline. My bad. Oh, Caroline and Stefan are a couple. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't yeah. Think, yeah. I mean, let's just be real, Luke. At the end of the day, with that show. All roads lead back to those boys and their love yeah. affair with Elena. I mean, well, exactly. But I think that if they if they put Elena with Stefan after so many years of pimping Elena and Damon, and the fact that they basically had her in the casket and he was going like completely off because she was supposed to be coming back at some point, how many other years in the future? I, I don't remember the exact be, pathology. It'll be so predictable. She if will she come ends back if no. The pathology is. She's linked to Bonnie's life, so she'll only come back as if Bonnie dies. Correct. That's going to be the fi- that's going to basically be the final thing. I, that's going to this. We're going to have a six feet under finale. I wonder where if, it's going to be. Bonnie dies. Elena wakes up and ends up with Damon. Well, you know what? I wonder if you know because they did that because the pathology was witches could not be vampires at the same time because it goes against nature. But then under Julie Plex's ass. You had, which I don't know what they called them, uh, super super bitches. I call them. I can't remember the. Exact, <laughs> I can't. Um, a her a heretic or a heretic. That is a show heretic. I can get behind. Yeah. What you say, a heretic. <laughs> or what you say, Luke? A heretic, right? Or something. Yeah. That, that's what they were. Vampires that were also witches. I have a feeling that's gonna be their loophole. Bonnie is gonna quote unquote die, but she's gonna be a vampire. And I, I wonder, because of everything that happened with me this spring, I have I still have the last half of the season, so I've been working through it to be prepared for the fall. So I don't know how it exactly ended, but I'm definitely going to be there for the final Damon, season. I'm going to turn yeah. back in for the final season. I, I hope out. Bonnie ends up with Damon. I hope they do, because they have been toying around with that. See, I, I sort of want Bonnie with Xander, but that, Ooh. I don't know. Xander, he's a newer, he's a character that's been in the last two or three seasons, not oh, one of the earlier Bonnie seasons. Bonnie gonna get some white boy. In my defense, Jamie, there aren't any other black boys uh, on the cast. I'm saying, she always running in behind some white boy. Anyway. Wait, you mean, wait, you mean Enzo, right? You mean Enzo, don't you? There's nobody there named Xander. 
I think you may be right, Enzo. Well, she is with Enzo, but that ends. Yeah, and see, like I said, I haven't watched that the last time. Last time Bonnie had a brother, it was um, Brighton McClure. No, it was it was somebody else. It was somebody oh, she else. Had a brother says him. Yeah, and then he I'm disappeared. Sure now. No, the, the one Bonnie was with Enzo. Enzo is Damon's best friend. They are sort of kind of like best friends or whatever. I wasn't I wasn't too off. I knew she was with yeah, Xander. They, Xander is a, a benevolent werewolf who uh, and Xander's not on that show. So anyways, yeah. um, I'm getting the books and the TV show mixed up. So anyways, Bonnie ends up with Enzo. But I don't think her and Zogo and Zo up together because she and Damon are tight. Like, they're besties. And they have this that. Is like, yeah. they this have is that. like the end of that era of the CW. With the end of Vampire no, Diaries. Nope, 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 nope. Supernatural still on. And it survived. Oh, no, Supernatural been on since I was in high school. But, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why you can't say it's an end of the era because Supernatural still on. What Supernatural did they come from the WB? That's what I just Jesus said. Jesus Christ, America. That's the, it's the last one yeah. from the WB. It's going on 10. I, what is this? Season 10 or 11? I think oh, my God. Well, yeah, because it used to be that the CW yeah, this, was, and pre before it, the WB, were the houses of Kevin Williamson and Joss Yeah, Whedon. it's currently on season 12, Jamie. And you know what's but, so funny? The guy who runs the CW, it sounds like he wanted to continue doing the Vampire Diaries, but until the wheels came off, but it sounds like those that cast is like, yeah. The but, Supernatural the Supernatural is so good it's consistent in its ratings, and the, I mean, creatively, it just keeps plugging along. And, I mean, and I think it's a war horse. I think Julie Pleck, like Julie Pleck, hit a wall, so to speak. Like with that, and she's got too many projects. Well, they all probably, yeah. She probably wants to. I mean, look, she has benefited, and you know, she's a you know, Julie has built her own little mini empire. But the thing of it is, if you've been doing this this long, you want to get your name out there on your own and not be tied to anybody else. You know, she's. I'm sure if I was if I was Julie Pleck and I'm looking at Greg, Bel- you know, Greg Berlanti started as a staff writer on Dawson's Creek, and then you know he's the one who came up with as they wrote a book about it, the Billion Dollar Kiss. They were sitting in that writer's room. That's why I'm like, Lord, I wish every daytime writer would the book. It's called the Billion Dollar Kiss. Every daytime soap opera needs to write. Okay. What was the Billion Dollar Kiss? It was, they were, everybody was thinking Dawson's Creek was going to get canceled. Jeffrey Stepakoff wrote it. Everybody thought Dawson's was done. Isn't he the one that runs the CW? No, no, no. He's a writer. No. um, He's actually, he moved to Georgia. He lives here in Atlanta and teaches at Kennesaw State. And it's really big in the whole bring movies and stuff to Georgia. So, um, but in the Billion Dollar Kiss, it was like they were running out of ideas. They had done Dawson and Joey to death. They didn't know what to do. What do we do? What do we do? And little Greg Berlanti, who was just a lowly writer at the time, was like, well, what if... Joey kisses Pacey. And it was like, what? What? No. He can't, she can't do that. That's Dawson's homeboy. But we all know that's soap opera gold. So Joey kissed Pacey. Boom. That show was a monster hit because they had a love triangle, which, you know, you go back to 90210. Same thing with Brenda. Kelly. Yeah, I think that's and- what Julie Plett tried to do. 
but Julie Plec hit a wall. Like she just became like so enthralled with Damon and Elena that she hit a wall. And when that girl said, I'm out, it was like, oh shit, what am I going to do now with him? You yeah. Know? And you know, and that's the thing. It's like Dawson's Creek. I think that's why it's remembered so much more favorably than 90210 because 90210 went 10 seasons and it had, look, by the time it ended, Dylan had left, Brenda, well, Brenda had left, Dylan had left, everybody had left. And then, and yeah. then they brought Dylan back, looking 75 years old, talking about he was <laughs> still a 20-something. You know, they just let the wheels fall off. And it's just, with the Vampire Diaries. Them cats don't look like they young. Right, and them. that's what, you know, Paul you know, They look 45 to- years old. And that's what Paul Wesley started talking about that like in season five to six he was like you know what are we gonna do we're not gonna look like teenagers for like you like the cw wanted to go with the wheels come off and it seems like julie was indecisive because she was getting all those shows but they canceled containment or con- the container store that she was doing like after a couple of episodes See, so and, and had, I, you know, know what i'm gonna be honest Julie Plex should have called me because if that was a problem, like them looking old, I could have, I would have been like, what you have them say, you know, you have them be like, well, Bonnie cast a spell that makes them age so that they'll look a little older than other vampires. So that people in mystic falls won't be asking questions, you know, come on. I mean, this is a world where dogs turn into boys with, I, I do hope that Damon and Bonnie, I think that, you know, I kind of wish they had, like, given them a chance. But this, like, the past, like, two seasons, they are, they've been toying with that. The chemistry is there. And, like, Ian Summerhalder and the chick that plays Bonnie fought for them to work together more. Ian was, like, you know, when, like, they had one season where Bonnie and Damon were trapped in 1994 together. And, you know, Ian was, like, I want to know more. Like they had to have done something over there. You know, what happens in 1994 stays there. He was like, Bonnie is a spitfire. They need to explore that. And you know, he got a little raunchy. He was like, you know, she a witch. So, you know, she a freak. I'm like, ah, shit. Look at you. (laughs) You know, I I think Ian will have the biggest career out of the bunch. I can totally see him. I haven't seen him in movies in ages. Yeah, well, he, well, hell, I don't mean movies. He did movies before Vampire Diaries. Yeah. So, I think he'll, I mean, TV is where it's at now, anyway. Uh, I think, you know, all the movie stars, you know, unless you're doing a comic book movie, movies aren't for actors anymore. If, you tr- if you're not trying to play the red scorpion, scorpion <laughs> you know, you might as well get a hot TV show. So, I could totally see him being the next, you know, angry doctor on some Fox procedural or, you know, some cop show. But anyway, we'll have a year, a, a full long year to say goodbye to the Vampire Diaries. What else are you guys watching on TV this summer? I know Unreal has gotten twisty and even more turny, but I'm behind. So what are you, well, Luke, what have you been watching this summer? This summer I am all about Animal Kingdom on TNT. Yes! It's really good. It's really screwed up. The relationships between... Uh, Smurf and her sons is really screwed up, but it's good. It, it sort of reminds me of Kingdom on DirecTV, um, but I'm enjoying it. So that's my must-see show. I'm, I started on Tyrant. I watched the season premiere. It was a little bit plotting. It was sort of like they were putting all the chess pieces in place. Um, 
uh, but I haven't watched the second episode or the third or whatever it is um, that I have on my DVR. So I'm a little bit behind on that. And I just want to give out a big shout out to Game of Thrones because the season finale was epic. Oh, we haven't talked about Game of Thrones. We have not talked about oh, Game wow. of Thrones. Oh, wow, yes, Lord Jesus. But we will be oh, having I a special to... podcast on bail. Game of Thrones again. But yes, Lord, it was everything. If, if Game of Thrones did that, everything you, as a fan of a show, you could ask them to do, that finale was like, whoa. And I am, I, you know, my best friend and his wife, were way behind and so I haven't even talked about it much on Facebook because I didn't want to spoil it for them and I've been like damn it you need to either block me on Facebook because that night I wanted to put up my name is Arya Stark I want you to know that the last thing you're going to see is a stock smiling while you die I was like heard bitch about, heard about the last episode <laughs> Dog ate that motherfucker face. She cooked that man's sons up in a pie. Well, and Cersei, let's face it. Oh, Cersei was a boss, but for me, Arya showed up and showed out. That whole show showed up and showed out. I haven't watched it Oh, and I liked Veep. That's the other thing. Veep was good. What else have you been? Yeah, Veep has been good. And there's a a looking movie. I got to watch the looking movie. Jillian, what are you watching this summer? I've been watching Animal Kingdom too. That is like, uh, that show is amazing. It also gives me like a Sons of Anarchy thing. I guess there's that, yeah, because they're outlaws. I kind of get that vibe. Um, Reagan, Reagan's really liking it too. Um, the the thing that she and I have discussed, and I would be interested to get your opinion on it, is what do you think of the the closeted gay son story? Because the closet, that's perfect because they're outlaws and they're so like trash macho yeah that's amazing and you yeah. know that that kid is kim zimmer's kid yep. used to play noah no luke on as the world turns and remember there was this Play big Young soap rumor. oh remember that yeah, there was a oh, big yeah. soap rumor that his mama kim zimmer made him quit because she didn't want him to play gay and i have always heard that that was bs that it was more about the kid wanting to <clears throat> He's not a kid anymore. Uh, he's a grown man, so I should stop calling him the kid. Jake Weary is his name, but he has said himself in interviews that it had nothing to do with his mom. He wanted to be in high school and be a normal kid, and so that's why he quit. And now it's like, surprise, he's playing gay anyway. So, so do they get, are they play. showing him punching? Because I haven't watched it. Okay, Crash. Oh, yes, they are. Tell him to tune in. Then um, I have... Shut up. He's a tough. Oh! And we have liftoff. Oh, my God. No pun intended, huh? Exactly. Oh, um, I am also watching Queen of the South. That shit is boss on USA. Amazing balls. Huh? I said I still got to watch that one. I got to do I have to catch up on it, though, because I've seen, like, yeah, I have to catch up on the binge it, but it is a boss show from what I've seen. Like, you know, they have bad bitches running things, and you know I love when a bad bitch runs things. She is amazing in that. And I am watching Greenleaf on own. Like, I didn't think I would like Greenleaf. Shut your face. You shut it. Shut it well. I didn't no, think I would I, like it. Jillian and I talked about this offline, but go ahead. I, you know, you have to sit down and watch it like, 
it is an amazing show. Like, you know, a lot of people were like, well, which mega church they portraying? You can't figure it out. I'm like, it's probably all mega churches. And the it's Creflo, Nim. You know, he want that jet. Yeah, but no, but, you know, it could be Creflo, but then they have the secrecy there where, like, um, the daughter comes home because her sister dies under, you know, they say that her sister, uh, that her sister committed suicide, but they try to say it was a tragic accident, but their her sister committed suicide, and, like, the mother has a brother that, you know, the mother runs that house with an iron fist. The daddy is the preacher, and the daughter who comes home used to be a preacher, but she's, like, doing television or some other shit now. And, like, they all want her to come back into the calling, especially the father. And she just doesn't want to be around them because the mother's brother has a shady past. Come to find out, he was bothering, as Jamie likes to say. Of he was course. bothering. Of her. course, because we can't have a black drama without a molestation storyline. He was bothering that, that sister. Is that what that means? Yeah. We, oh, old okay. black women in the South. Look, when I would come home from somebody else's parents' house, this isn't funny because molestation is a very serious thing. But I'm not laughing about that. I'm laughing at my grandmother because black women, that's why, I, that's one of the reasons my friend Denise and I were talking about this show. And I do not buy this whole, you know, Tyler Perry does that in his movies too. In fact, uh, Lynn Whitfield is in one of his movies where she plays uh, a mother yeah. that yeah, turns yeah. a blind eye to her. That Look, I don't know about their families, but let me tell you about Sister Thelma Giddens. When I came home from anybody's house, it could be my best friend's parents, it could be some of our relatives. At six, seven years old, I was going to get asked. She was going to lean over. Now, didn't nobody bother you. And it got to where, like, my cousins and I laugh about it because we would be embarrassed just because she, because you know, it's something about. It was like, Mama, no, didn't nobody touch you. Now you know, ain't nobody supposed to be touching you. What has Mama told you? Don't nobody touch you in your private places. You hear me? You hear me? I kill him. I go to. You hear me? I kill him. Do where you didn't even want to tell your grandma if somebody gave you a hug because you like she might go knife somebody. So I don't, you know, I know that it happens. And I know that there are trifling parents out there that, uh, that you know, would turn a blind eye to it. But I'm so sick of this narrative that black people just turn a blind eye well, because they want to be quiet see. about that. That wasn't my story. If anybody well, did not, that, well, black you know, women will kill you about their but kids. But when you watch the show, I'm not condoning it, but when you watch the show, the mother is, you know, she is, you know, what you call them hoes in the church when they married to the reverend. Um, what you call them? What they call them? She's the first lady. She's the first lady of the church, and it's a huge mega church. Like they're millionaires. Like their house looks like a mini village. That's yeah. number one. But number she, two, but wait, 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 wait. Number two, the person that does the molestation is her brother. So think about it. That's like a hard pill for you to swallow. Mm-hmm. That no, you know what I mean? no. So, My grandmother would have shanked him. If that girl had even, it wouldn't have even needed to be any questioning. Every black mama I knew growing up in Texas would have put a razor blade to his throat. The day her baby came in there, mama, uncle, so it's, she did what? It would be over. So her whole, this whole beat of her, like, wanting everybody to hush up about it. And when, you know, the one, the protagonist's daughter is all, she's the only one upset about it. And then she's like, don't you And Oprah, too. And, and Oprah, Oprah too. 
Oprah, Oprah is upset about it, but everybody else Oprah's the Annie, yeah. Oprah's don't you the speak Annie. to your uncle like that? He molested your daughter and you're cutting for him. I don't like that. But that ain't my main problem with it. My main problem is it's slow as molasses in January. I'm so happy to see a show like that on ah. TV. But golly, it's slow. And like Luke's favorite word, it's plodding. You know, the lead is not that engaging. She's a perfectly passable actress, but she's not very in- enigmatic. You know, her love interest, the guy that got away, needs a shave. I'm oh like, all God. the fine brothers in primetime television, and y'all got this dusty-looking man who <laughs> don't look like he called his hair really good. You know, I like Lamon Rucker's, the brother and his scheme and wife. They feel, they feel true for me, but it just is, I like the teenage teenage storyline. The last, the baby sister, her husband is, how you doing? Mm. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's just so slow. And I'm like, I'm gonna be real. If I have, if I had, if there was a Sophie's choice between Greenleaf and the haves and the have-nots, Tyler gonna win, because he keeps it popping. Yes, I'm sorry. I want to be entertained. I like it, because, you know, we always talk about, you know, in the daytime arena, we always talk about them needing to slow it down some. I feel as though it's like a throwback to that. You know, they're uh, it moves too slow. And I'm just really, I mean, I'm not, you know, the thing of it is that narrative has been done to death. It's like, why do we always have to be churchy and molested? You know, golly, everybody didn't get touched and bothered. And I don't know. I mean, Oprah has done those type of stories to death. She has done them to death. It's like, wow. Well, I, hey, um, I just am going to pause for a second. And, um, I have Craig and Dwayne coming on in nine minutes. They can wait. The other They'll be all right. Uh, I'm just letting you know on time. Okay. Well, you know, I, that's fine. I don't even know who Dwayne is, but we're not rushing. Dwayne, Dwayne, so, Dwayne, and I'm going to be real. I've got to give a shout out. Um, bounce. The cable, the you know, which flies under the radar. Bounce does not have the PR machine as of own. And most people don't have phone. But I'm going to just say Bounce did it better. Earlier this year, Bounce debuted a show called Saints and Sinners, starring Clifton Powell, who plays every black villain in every black movie you've ever seen. <laughs> Clifton Powell is the reverend on that show, and Christian Keys is in it, you know, fine-ass Christian keys. Vanessa Bell Calloway is the first lady of that show, and spoiler alert, she likes Hello Kitty, and she is hunching a powerful female politician in the town. And who is Clifton? What is Clifton Powell doing in there? Like, is he like a conniving preacher? He is, and he gets got. Kaboom! And it starts a who killed the preacher. I mean, I feel like Satan, if you want a real juicy version of the same type of show go with saints and sinners you know i love uh, own always has to try to be so doggone earnest you know our michael logan interviewed uh oprah about greenleaf guess who she said inspired her character guess yes. who she said oh i yes. saw i saw no i saw i saw guess who she said 
show uh uh queen sugar i'm about to call it queen Brown sugar, sugar is gonna be good but yeah. i'm gonna be honest that character the character that's dead the sister that's dead that's the one that would interest me the one who was a crackhead and was hoeing and was hoeing to get her crack because the family had cut her off i'm like why they kill her off that would have been a fun character to see on tv not this mama i'm home Please do not sow discord into my people. Who says that kind? What kind Lynn of Whitfield, she is new what? money. Bitch. Who talks she is like not, that? Uh, because she is new money and she is not afraid to show it. Because she when he talked about money. when he talked about flying commercial and how they've been blessed with a jet, she was like, "That's a right. I don't want to do that again." Up in that pulpit, I hollered. I'm like, Man, "I'm sorry, but you know that that I said my friend Ed and I talked about that. That's BS." Those people who really do get off on that prosperity ministry, they play it. Creflo doesn't. He doesn't play it for humility, but the white taffy does. You know, and Joel Osteen, who is the king of prosperity ministries, he says it like this. He's like, God has blessed me so much because I was humble. I was obedient. But they're acting just like, I'm like, okay, the congregation is not that stupid that they're gonna just have that woman oh no honey i don't fly commercial no more hey man i'm like really but the way really? she said it you couldn't hear her so it was well it, i will say this the deacon, that deaconess that head deaconess luke y'all got deaconesses in your church no we do but i don't think it's quite the same as with yours okay well that deaconess i like her because if she don't now that rings true to me that is how every deacon board of every church I ever, they have always hated the pastor. The deacon board, I, <laughs> the deacon board is always scheming to get rid of the pastor. Ever since I was a little boy, it'd be like some drama after church, you know, church service be over with, and my grandfather would have to get up and go in the back, and I'd be like, why can't we go home? Your daddy got a deacon meeting. And the deacons would be storming to the back. And you'd be like, what's wrong? Then you find out, well, the deacon found out the pastor was hunching the lead soprano, and they're trying to vote to get rid of the pastor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because know. they're trying to investigate the pastor about his book. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. And, and it's so over the top when the FBI guy shows up. We're here because we've heard some... I'm like, can there be a little... Subtlety? Can there be an FBI That's guy like the first Jesus? I'ma give him a point. Uh, yeah, and I know I'm being hard on it. And yeah, I, you are. Yeah, I'm, you are. I'm happy that this is. Look, it has never. TV has never been this black. But that doesn't mean if this was a white show, I would say this is plotting and slow and boring. So I got to keep it real. For me, Greenleaf is a little slow. It's a little, and I kind of need, a, you know, how Whitley replaced Denise Huxtable after season one. Uh, I, 
I'm, that girl, I don't even know her name. Light skinned black girl with weave. Gigi. She, Gigi she Greenland. Boring. She boring. I don't, I don't, they cast all these no names. You know, the role of Gigi is now played by uh, Nia Long. I'd be happy. <laughs> well, you know, Nia Long was in uh, uh, Uncle Buck. I'm it, serious. It Get him that fast. Look, you don't even have to just write that girl out. And it'd be like, Nia Long is cousin Sadie or somebody else. You know, I just don't like that. I mean, I don't dislike her, but she's just not compelling enough for me to follow her into a soap world. She's not a Pam Ewing or somebody that I'm like, ooh, I can follow your journey for eight years. I'm like, you boring. You sigh all the time. You know, it's like there's no, I'm needing some oomph. I'm needing some, some vitamin something. Get a Gotta drink some Robitussin then. Shit, you get up my nerve now. No, not no Robitussin. She already sleepy enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. We'll put a pin in Greenleaf for me. Jillian likes it, but... I uh, like it. My God. Queen Sugar's trailer was Woo! hot. Like fire. Yes. I am ready for some sugar. Luke was calling it brown sugar, but it's some, brown sugar, some white sugar. It's some powdered sugar in there, too, because Greg Vaughn is hunching on Tara from True Blood. And, you know, Ava DuVarney, which we were talking about that earlier, you know, that's a film director who's come to TV. I am ready for this. Queen Sugar looks great. It's based on a book. So now I have to join my own book club. I'm going to make my own book club up because I am going to go get the book so that I can read it beforehand. Because I'm like, yes, some black people own a sugar plantation. We shall overcome. But then when I saw it, because like when I heard that, I thought it was going to be glamorous. But then when I saw it, I'm like, Ooh. it looks glamorous to me. There are different characters. Based on the trailer, it appears that they, they just have a wide-ranging family where some of them are really wealthy, right. some of them are poor. No, and... but when I hear that they own a sugar farm, like a sugar cane farm, I'm thinking, oh, shit, they got money. They're going to be Well, crap. they might have cut some people off. Well, but you know how that works. So like, well, I don't know. Like, But in, in where I grew up, there's some brothers who inherited more than others. and No, so... you're missing it. They all inherited the sugar cane farm. So I'm thinking since they all are a part of it and it's a big sugarcane plantation, it's going to be glamorous. That's, but the some people glamorous. get their inheritance and, and blow through it. it. Yeah. Well, they didn't blow through it because the one built them. They didn't. They never stuck around for that. It shit could just be. I mean, with the trailer, I mean, it could just be that they're showing the, you know, not to Alex. not. Not the haves and the have-nots like the show, but the haves and the have-nots, where they're showing class distinction in this area. I think so, because, you know, the only bitch that got money, I think, is she might be the middle sister or the baby who is, like, a realist in real estate or something out in L.A. Yeah. It could be like, like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, you know, the richest man in the galaxy. And he told his kids, I'm going to pay for college, and that's all. I'm donating all my money to... Save the right He still lives in the same house that they all grew when up I, in. Let me tell you what I told my mother when I first heard that story because she jokingly said, that sounds good what Warren Buffett is doing. I think I might do that. I said, I'll have you declared incompetent. <laughs> You'll oh be God. in a funny farm somewhere talking about you going to leave all your money to some apes and orangutans and chickens and shit. 
If I was Warren Buffett's kids, would he say that I'd have narrowed my eyes at him? You mother blip blip. I'm pretty. That's so funny, but yeah. Oh, no, like, I would have got. I'd be in college the rest of my days, Daddy. I'm getting my next PhD. I need another check. <laughs> yeah, but Queen anyway, Sugar looks real dope. Like it's it does. It's a two. It's a two night affair. Like Oprah Luke, and you watch the trailer. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Greg Vaughn. Um, uh, obviously, I'm interested in. I don't know the actress's name who plays Tara. Routina. I would check it. Out. I would check it out just for her because I liked her in True Blood a lot. The story, I'm not. We'll see how it goes. I think Oprah met me. Oprah should have, you know, because Oprah has been very judicious about coming back to TV. You know, Lee Daniels wanted her on Empire, and she was like, I got my own network. She never did any of Tyler's shows, which Tyler, I wonder. No. I wonder how, no, I'm not going to throw Tyler under the bus like that. No, because no, the no. Not is my joint. I'm no. sorry. I, no. I know I shaded it for so long, but the haves and the have-nots, those ratchet mofos are the best. Um, you know, that Jeffrey is finally getting him some white dick after all them years of lust. It ain't the one he thought he was going to get. He thought he was going to get Wyatt. So what about the one who ran um, Candace's brother over? What's happening with him? Wyatt? Yeah. He done went to the upper room, child. None of the crier kids get to live on this earth. Oh, my God, they killed him? Oh, dude. <laughs> so... Oh. Both of the crying children are dead. So are they going to pay Candace's brother out for running him over? Oh, he been out of jail. Yeah, he out of jail. No, they, oh. no, 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 no. You heard missed what I said. I said, are they going to pay him out for Wyatt running him down? Uh, I don't know. No, he's basically his storyline is having to um, oh. keep Jeffrey's mama from trying to get on his bone because, you know, she, they sleep, they were sleeping together. Yeah. Out. But I'm like, oh my god, the crier boy like ran him down. Like I'm like, damn, and they don't pay him out. Well, you know, they got that. They had a dead body at Candace's house. Yeah. Oh, this show is just. I love it. I mean, I never. You know, Candace get her money back. I don't know. I'm a few episodes behind. But I'm gonna have to binge. But I will. Like, You're just gonna have to watch Jillian. She was just like, and, in a corner. Yeah, you you really do need to watch. I can I can what say I have to endorse the haves and the have-nots. I don't really like the other one with Aiden Turner in it. And if loving you, know, you is wrong. Yeah, that one is kind of you know oh, it, okay. it's trying to be the same type of show, but. It's not as outrageous. Like the haves and the have-nots is so outrageous, and they just Tyler just like lets those people have a ball. Like the stuff that they say and that comes out of their mouth. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I, well, I shout out to Sister because I wonder if they're gonna. You know, they showed some pictures of her. I saw some pictures of her. She's an honorary AKA. So I'm like, mm, I'll, I'll sign. Tika Sumter, I need to sidebar you about that. She's an honorary AKA, so mm. but um, yeah, so <laughs> you know why I said mm. we ain't gonna. Oh, I know Yeah, we'll leave that alone. 
Okay. So, she looks like she's pregnant. So, shout out to her. I wonder if they're going to write that in the haves and haves not. I don't know, but yeah. good looking out, AK. It's about time y'all got right with the world. <laughs> and on that note, until next time, y'all.